The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two podcasters, in particular Bobby Blaze and his co-host Jeremy. It is all the more tragic that they were young. Well, they weren't all that young. But had they lived very, very long lives, they could not have expected, nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see that day. For them, an idyllic October night's drive became a nightmare. The events of that evening were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history, the Bell-to-Bell Chainsaw Massacre. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 23 of Bell-to-Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Jeremy Vilmer, and now the star of our show, Bobby the Barber Blaze. Did they look like psychopaths? They were vampires. Psychopaths don't explode. The sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are, Jeremy. It's true. They do not explode in the sunlight. Man, it's good to be here. Bobby the Barber, oh no. Yeah, but welcome back, man. It's episode 23, and I think we're coming to you from a Texas farmhouse somewhere, man. Yeah, um... This, this different. Well, this rental car we got is um, <laughs> touchy, to say the best. So Bobby and I found this place with some generators, and we're all set up here. So we're going to get the program done and get back on our way to wherever the hell we were headed. The yeah. one good thing is that barbecue place we found was pretty good. Yes, it was. Meaty. Yeah, very meaty. I didn't like the look of the sausages, though. It looked like a plate full of dicks, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Well, I've eaten a dick before. <laughs> boom. Hey now, you drive yeah. you drive a truck for twenty five years and nobody remembers it, but you eat one dick and you're a dick eater the rest of your life. Uh, no. What are you going to do? <laughs> Not a whole lot to do about it. Um, well, this week we're we're going to change gears on everybody a little bit. We're actually going to do our top ten favorite horror films. So this is a, a list Bobby and I worked on. Um, you know, so I, I guess it's also a bit of a swerve since it's not wrestling related this week. Right, right. And we put again for anyone goes, ah, oh, this movie didn't make it out. Man, we we probably you can't put ten movies we did, but we probably had fifty fucking movies. And everyone that used the hashtag on Twitter, BBBB, we we really probably had about fifty movies and got it down to like thirty. Then we got it down to like twenty, and from there. Like we always do, we, we took what we thought would be our, you know, we had probably 60 or 70% of them of ours that we pretty much agreed on. I think there was two or three. We could have went either way. Yeah. And we had our reasoning. As we talk about it, we'll say why our reasoning was we picked this one over that one or what have you. But, but yeah, this is just a great genre. And I know Jeremy loves it because uh, and he, he's going to educate me, man, I'm sure today as far as, these movies because he just loves this kind of thing and i'm really looking forward to this episode um because i usually watch about 13 movies through the whole month of of october and that's about it that's just that's just me um i don't do all 31 days and and i'm horror is just um i don't know man i, I get scared real easy so i want to say <laughs> that uh, so uh i'll save my my story from what once we get back to going into our movies of, of what I'm scared of. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited to hear Jeremy. I was excited. Every time I read Jeremy's list, even when he modified it, I was, like, excited. And that's a straight shoot, man. It's just uh, it's good when you 
get with someone and they, they smarten you up, you know, cause I'm a, I'm a lifelong learner. And so when I hear about these movies, like, Oh yeah, I've got to see that one again. Or, I want to watch that one or, you know, so yeah, yes. We're swerving everyone, man. We're swerving. But I do think we have some pro wrestling news. We wanted to talk about real briefly. Yes, we do. Uh, I'm going to things. Why don't you go ahead and start us with that? Cause I do have some programming notes and a couple things to cover before we do the top 10. Okay. Well, first I just want to lead off with, um, couple of uh, passings in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, we lost uh, Don Leo Jonathan, and we also lost Dickie Slater uh, in the past week or so. And uh, just want to acknowledge uh, those men just passing through. Uh, two different uh, generations uh, of stars, you know, uh, two different generations there, but um, tremendous performers. I saw some footage of... Um, uh, Don Leo Jonathan to be that big and that strong and that agile for a man of that size was incredible. And then anyone that knows me knows that I'm a huge Dickie Slater fan. And, um, man, I just always loved his style. And uh, they both be missed. And, uh, as you know, the world professional wrestling is a, a pretty much a, a pretty tight-knit community when it comes to um, – the passing of wrestlers, no matter what generation they're from. Um, so with that said, you know, may both men rest in peace, Don Leo, Jonathan, and the unpredictable Mr. Universal, um, Dirty Dick Slater. You know, I love any wrestler that has the balls to wrestle with the name Dirty Dick. Yeah, it just, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the fact that old Dirty Dick there, he was like the hired gun. He'd come in to fuck somebody up when somebody else couldn't get it done. Oh yeah, and he could do it too. Apparently, he could do it. Yeah, that you was know. that was good stuff. Um, yeah, sorry to hear about both of them passing. Um, yeah, you know, we are we are at a point where the the guys we watched growing up, we are losing them quickly. Yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate. It's how time works. So it's it's just unfortunate. I'm afraid it's going to only get worse from here. You know. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. These two gentlemen were a little bit older, and I was talking to one of my better friends the other day on the phone about people passing away we know. Um, and that's the thing. I don't have a big problem with it when they're older and they've had a you know an illustrious career or a long life. It has to be a professional wrestling. I went to a lady's funeral the other day. I was 98 years old. I respect for a friend of mine who passed away last summer. He was 72, and he would say, I have to go take care of my mom. And he'd be 72, and he'd go take care of a little 90. I guess you were like 96 at the time. And uh, But anyway, my point is, is um, I hate hearing about any of these deaths, but but these younger people, when they pass away from all the uh, the stuff that's out there in the world, man, um, it, it, it breaks my heart yeah. when I hear about these younger people passing away. Uh, you and I talk about that sometimes, and I just want to say, you know, not trying to diminish that these guys passed away. They were a little bit older. They did have good careers in professional wrestling and, and lived good full lives. Um, for you young people out there, man, take care of yourself, take care of your health, work hard, and, and, and try to be the best you can be inside the ring and outside the ring, and um, stay away from the stuff that, that um not here to preach to you, but man, we all have our demons and our battles, and and um, just try to stay away from that kind of stuff, and, and, and especially in the wrestling business, uh, like entertainment, man, there's all kinds of things out there, the temptations are many, 
Uh, I fucking battle my battles, and I do all the time, man. But the thing is, you just got to get up and keep on keeping on and living your life. And um, that's that's what I have to say about that, I guess, Jeremy. Yeah, no, that's I, I think that's fine. And you know, I'm not one to preach. I just you know, if you're if you're doing something no. you know is harmful to yourself, manage your fucking high, guys. If yeah. you if you are having a problem, you need to admit you're having a problem and tell somebody. Uh, unfortunately, you know, drug counseling, alcoholism, they're very expensive. They're very hard to deal with. But, you know, my dad was a guy who loved life and, you know, went every minute. <clears throat> Died of uh, cirrhosis this year. Cirrhosis and kidney failure at the old age of 68. So, you know, I, I'm all for, you know, live life, have fun, and, and, and be have more enjoyment than you worry about longevity. But keep in mind, 68 ain't that fucking old. You know, that's so you, right. you want your body to hang in for a little while, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's my thing. You know, you, you put in your system whatever you want to. You put your system into whatever you want to, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else. So just keep your health yeah. as a priority, but do enjoy yourself as well. That's yeah. that's kind of my feeling on the matter. Yeah, and I, I'm not judging anyone. Um, I just wanted to bring that up. I, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I was in a dark place Monday, man. I just, uh, time of year, seasons, you know, change and, Man, I just, you know, I just, uh, nothing was wrong, nothing major or anything, but, uh, you know, as we record this thing, we just, you know, sometimes you just like, oh, man, just gets dark earlier, you know, not mm-hmm. enough sunlight, and we're going to talk about some of these horror things, so it's just kind of one of those times that we need to remind people out there, hey, there's help out there, and uh, we're not here to judge, and like I said, I've battled my demons, I've, I've Every, every person's uh, probably listening's had someone in their life. Uh, something has happened to them in some way, whether it be you know drugs, alcohol, whatever. Like you said, man, I think you summed it up best. Just manage your high, man, yeah. and uh, be careful what you do. Uh, and I'm not here to preach because uh, honestly, I'm probably gonna have a few beers tonight. You know, um, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. Only if you know? only a few, Bobby. Well. Just depends. I might get a late start. I might get a late start, man. I don't know. That, that, is, um, that is a good point. You know, yeah. No, but you know, we're not we're not preaching to people. But it's it, it's okay to have a good time and stuff. But like you said, man, just kind of just just be careful out there, man. That's all I can tell you. Is um, we the wrestling world's lost too many people due to those things. Uh, but to go back to what we was talking about these two gentlemen did live good full lives mm-hmm. and um had you know pretty good careers and um that's a good thing so uh, didn't mean to take a turn for the dark there but we are talking about the uh i guess the dark arts if you will here with these uh with this week's theme of uh, uh horror films and the genre of horror films that we'll bring to you in just a minute so you have any other news jeremy i, I, I think do, you have I a few do. other things yes I, I do have a couple notes to address um bobby we are going to have to change our recording and release schedule because okay. after after six months of me entering early retirement, somebody has decided to hire me again. So I'm going to be going back to work on a regular, you know, seven to five basis, Monday through Friday. Yes. Um, we don't know what the schedule will be, but we will probably have to record on weekends, which means maybe a Monday or a Wednesday release. But we will figure that out, and hopefully next week we will be able to tell you what the new schedule will be. But that being said, next week's episode will probably not come out on Friday. Yeah, and that's a good heads up, but the good thing is, 
you're back into the wonderful world of minimum wages, baby. That's right. Now all you got to do is dress up in a fish costume and blow the man. That's it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> so, no, that's great news. I was happy for you, man. That's, I'm really happy for you. And, yep, we'll we'll let you know when the new shows will be out, man. And we're going to still have the... Uh, we're going to still have the bell to bell with Bobby Blaze, and you can also just uh, stay tuned. We'll do some updates on Twitter. Jeremy mentioned the Facebook page to me earlier, so I know that's still out there. But uh, we got Twitter. You can find Jeremy at the Geekish Cast. You can find me at Bobby Blaze seven forty four, and also you got the Bell to Bell Blaze. All those are on Twitter. Uh, there's a YouTube page, Bell to Bell. Bobby Blaze podcast. I think that's the YouTube page channel that Tex takes care of. So there's lots of ways you can stay in touch with us and uh, find out what's going on. But either way, we're not going to miss a beat. We're going to keep on just keeping on, man, uh, putting our podcast out there. And hopefully some people uh, will leave some reviews, leave us some ratings, leave a few comments, uh, send us a few dollars to the GoFundMe to, to help our co-host, uh, uh, co-hosting fees. And uh, keep digging the show, man, because we're, we're having a good time doing it. And a lot of feedback coming back. A lot of people are really getting into it. We have a lot of regulars that, that get into it as well. And uh, uh, tell your friends and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and daughters and and uh, anyone over 18 preferably because sometimes we get a little. Uh, it's a little blue. Some, around yeah, yeah, sometimes. So, But anyway, yeah. Um, that's that, man. Okay, well, uh, with with that, let me go ahead and cover a couple more notes here, and then we'll get into the show. Um, yeah. So I want to thank uh, Nathan Bush from the Wide Men Can't Jump podcast, who has provided our closing credits music, which we'll be using for the period going forward, um, which will have our Twitter addresses, our GoFundMe location, everything's going to be in there. So if you miss it during the show, you can pick it up during the ending song. Um, I also wanted to comment, uh, a fellow named Mike Jeff commented on the Tolly Blanchard video uh, that was from our Top Heels uh, period, or our Top Heels segment. And yeah. his comment was, there's no way that Blanchard was more hated than Flair. I th- I think you're wrong. Maybe where you're sitting, <laughs> maybe where you're sitting, you see it differently than me, but I never heard anybody cheer for Tolly Blanchard. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that back on the uh, when they put it up and when Tex did the graphic on number one, mm-hmm. and I agree. I know people, you know, they hate Ric Flair, and you could uh, from from like as you said, from where you're sitting, you can see it as like, oh, he's the number one overall heel and what have you, and that's fine. But here's the thing: I have to go for, when we decided that list and when we chose number one. That's the whole thing about Tully. No one ever fucking cheered him no. and Flair throughout his career. Many times, even as a heel, people fucking cheer, cheered for Ric Flair. Yep. Uh, uh, of course, he changed back and forth a few times, and, and, and rightfully so, and this and that. But but the bottom line, I mean, Tully was just. And I'm not. We're not going to sit there and argue about. Uh, you know your comments, Mike, Jeff, Mike. We appreciate your comments. Feel free. We're just saying, from our standpoint is no one ever fucking cheered for Tully Blanchard, man. He was just a heel prick all the fucking time, and that, that's kind of why we went with him, because no one ever cheered for him. Uh-oh. There's my ring. That's probably fucking Ric Flair trying to call me and bitch me out or something about putting Tully over. I don't know. Probably. And then also, uh, NWA 70 was this weekend. Yes. I My plan was to watch it Monday. I was going to get it on the Fight app and watch it Monday. 
Mike's son, uh, his car seized up 400 miles away from home on Monday while picking up our grandson, who was coming to live with us. And uh, so I had to drive to L.A. in a 11-and-a-half-hour marathon road trip. Yes, yeah, but you just tell me. I didn't know it take that long, but, man, I know you had to be exhausted, man. Oh, yeah, it was five-and-a-half five hours each way, and it turns out I have to go back to have the car scrapped. Man. Yeah, so I'll be doing yeah. that again soon. All right, Bobby. Well, I think we've covered the depressing stuff enough. And, you know, nothing yeah. Nothing cheers me up more than seeing young, attractive teenagers getting butchered. So let's talk about our top ten horror films. Thank well, you, Bobby, give me give me about five minutes here. i got to get these dogs out and then round them back up and get them back in. So Okay. I have marks on the editing. Just give me a minute. I, my son and grandson left, which threw the dogs into a fucking tissy, and Allison they all sudden they'll go outside. So... We should, we, oh, fuck it. I'll be right back, and then we'll pick it up. But I, I heard the end part of what you did there, and that'll work just fine as our segue. So give me just a few minutes, and we'll we'll knock it out, okay? Yes, sir. All right. You sitting good time-wise? You got you got about half an hour or so still, right, that you can use? Uh, I'm good for the next 45 minutes. Actually. Perfect. Okay. I'll be right back, and then we'll burn through this, fucker. Yeah, Bobby, uh, we will start the top ten now. Uh, by the way, did you see this note I found on the glove box? Rail car courtesy of the Silver Scorpion. That bastard got us again. Again. <laughs> One more time. All right, so that is going to be the top. Well, this is our top ten favorite horror films. So if yeah. yours is not here, it's because me and Bobby wrote the list and not you. <laughs> and you can find plenty of them out there. Oh, absolutely. You'll find Everyone's got a list out there. This just happened to be ours. Yep. So, so Bobby, I'm going to let you start with number ten. Yes, number ten. From 2002, The Ring. And I really like that, and I'll tell you why. And it's because I was scared of it. <laughs> when it's a horror movie, you should be afraid. I know. And I'm just, like I said, I'm not a big horror movie fan, but I, I watched it and I, and I believed it. You know, I, I thought, you know, this just, uh, it scared me. And then about two or three years later, one of my cousins came, and they wanted to watch The Ring. And I'm a grown man at this point, just so you know, at 2002. And I was like, man, I don't want to watch it because it was nighttime. <laughs> and she was like, you big pussy, you big pussy. And I go, you can call me what you want. And I, uh, a female cousin, obviously, but... You know, we're from the hills of Kentucky, Wayland Dust, just the way people talk. And I go, I'll watch it with you tomorrow if you want. And she goes, I love scary movies. I, love, I said, well, watch the fucking thing. I'm going to bed, you know. And uh, anyway, I watched it during the daytime with her the next day. I did. I, that's how scared I was. I just get scared of movies, man. And I didn't want to have any bad dreams. I knew it ruined my fucking night. So that's why I wanted to put the ring in there because uh, to me, it, it really did scare me, man. Seeing that little girl coming out of the well on that fucking, if you don't uh, rewind or turn back the tape or if you watch it in seven days, someone's going to die, whatever the whole premise is, man, I... I was like, holy fuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rewind my DVD, shit. <laughs> yeah, that, um... You know, it scared me, that's why. <laughs> well, it, it's a pretty good premise. Unfortunately, you know, you're right, it was released during the, the, the DVD era, so already you're like, how, how did they get a VHS player? <laughs> yeah. Where, are these people archaeologists? <laughs> so... Um, so that was, that was a story about, um, well... 
I'm not going to do the whole story. There's no point in doing that. But there was a creepy little girl that would crawl out of the TV and kill you all ghost-like. Yeah. And, and the way she moved and everything was terrifying. Yeah. Was terrifying. Yeah. Well, I will go to number nine now. And we're going to go with 1922's Nosferatu by F.W. Mornow. Yes. A heavy expressionist early German film. Um, one of the three earliest vampire movies ever made, if I'm not mistaken. And it was sued into assumed non-existence by the widow of Bram Stoker. They thought every copy of this movie was destroyed. The guy, Max Schreck, who plays Count Orlock in this, is fucking terrifying. Yeah. And does his name, what did his name have something to do? Does it not mean blood? What the, um... I read something about his name meaning something. Oh, fear. It translates to fear. Oh, really? I did not even yeah, know that. Uh, uh, Shrek, uh, it translates, his surname translates to fear. And I got that from, when I was my only comments, because you know so much more about this movie, that is in the 1001 movies you must see before you die. And that's one of the earlier ones mentioned. And that's one of the reasons I went back and watched that a few years ago. I borrowed from my local library. And, um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's terrifying. It is, it's black and white and it is super weirdly shot because of what cameras were like back then and everything. It is almost a beat for beat retelling of, of Bram Stoker's Dracula, but it's set in Germany instead of, uh, Transylvania or England. And just everything about it, it was an early masterpiece of filmmaking. It is still terrifying to watch this day. And it is the movie I will be projecting on my exterior window as we get trick-or-treaters uh, on Halloween. Yeah, that's why I was wanting to hear. I know you told me you was going to do that. I, yeah. That would be so cool, man. That'd be so cool. Yeah, it's just, if you haven't seen it, it, it is definitely worth the watch. There's also a companion movie that came out 10 or 15 years ago called Shadow of the Vampire, with the assumption being made that Mornow actually hired a real vampire to play the vampire in this movie. Yeah, I think it said 2000. In 2000, the film Shadow of the Vampire set around making, uh, and it depicts him as a real vampire. So, yeah, yeah, man, I'll tell you what, you know your stuff, but yes, yeah, from 1922, and it just in the book, the two pictures they have in the book, one from the poster, and then one from, it looks almost like uh, probably something that's going to be projected from your home. It's uh, him looking out the window, and it's just creepy as fuck looking, man. Yeah, and so, uh, it's my favorite kind of vampire too—the rat-toothed evil. Like, yeah, I, I don't like—I don't like sexy vampires. I like fucked-up monster <laughs> vampires, and uh, even like you know, so like Christopher Lee has played Dracula on screen more than any other any other one person, and you know, Christopher Lee was kind of this like six foot eight, suave, handsome guy, but his his Dracula was still a fucking monster when he played him. Yeah, you know. man. So let's All right. let's go to number eight, Bobby. Yep, number eight from 1975. Don't go in the water, man. Jaws. And when you go with horror films in this genre, you can go monsters, you can go, you know, machines, you can go all kinds of different things. Uh, you know, vampires, whatever. This here was Jaws with a fucking shark in the ocean, man. And, and there's some scary shit that takes place out there, you know, in the ocean and on the beach. It, it, I, I, I think it's just a top ten scary movie of all time. I really do. I think it belongs in just about every list there is. Um, I loved it. 
but but I but I here's here's my feeling on on when you go to the fucking ocean. Mm-hmm. Anytime you go to the ocean, you're fucking playing a away game. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're playing a away game. I don't go in it. Fuck it. You know, I might fish from a pier, but maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'll get, I'll but, get my yeah. feet in the ocean. I do remember as a little kid when this came out. Um, we still had relatives that lived over in the Monterey Bay, even though we lived way inland. Um, and we would go, and I remember like being on the pier in Monterey, looking at the water, thinking there are sharks in there. Yeah. Now, of course, years later, when I moved uh, to Santa Cruz for ten years or so, shark attacks are a very real thing over there, especially in years where tuna come into the Monterey Bay. Because as soon as the tuna comes in, that means the water's a little bit warmer, and sharks have no problem swimming into that bay and snapping up those tuna. <laughs> yeah, but the closest I came, uh, about 1986 or 87, I was at Daytona Beach, went down to Florida for a few days with a couple buddies, and we, we were basically, we was acting like the wave warriors. You know, we was just doing some body surfing and, and and having a good time. Just you know, guys in my young twenties and uh, man, we looked up and it was getting about dusk and we had Daytona Beach and there was about four sharks and it wasn't dolphins, it was sharks and it was about probably fifteen twenty feet away from us and we were pretty close to the shore and we made damn sure we got to the shore even quicker. You know, I mean that's the thing. That's the closest I ever came. Uh, ever to a shark, uh, other than maybe, you know, seeing one in an aquarium or whatever, wasn't any real danger, nothing like that. But man, the flashbacks of that movie, oh, yeah. you know, uh, c- came to mind, you know. Um, yep. That was one but, of Spielberg's uh, earliest masterpiece movies. Um, I think one of the things that helped that movie be so effective is they were unhappy with the animatronic shark, so they showed it as little as possible. And like I've said before, once you really know about something, it can't be that scary. Right, right. And because yeah. they kept it off screen, it kept the tension high, and it, it, it kept it scary. Yeah. And that, that's just a really good movie, though. It, uh, just a lot of good lines from it, just uh, the characters. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing about it is one thing I like about horror movies is, is this. That really scare me is, is if I know it can fucking possibly happen. And, and with that said, I think someone mentioned uh, Cujo. You know, uh, and I know we're talking about two different movies here, so I'm not putting Cujo on the list. I'm saying that could fucking happen. A dog could go fucking rapid and uh, be nuts or whatever, you know. So this, you know, we hear about shark attacks all the time throughout the world, not just here in the U.S. Um, And so this is something that could really happen, you know. So that scares me. It's that real that, that you know was talking about, like you said, when you when you saw the sharks coming in for the feeding with uh, when the tuna's coming in, or or being at the beach and actually look out there and see some fucking sharks. Shit like when you know something like that can happen, man. That that to me puts the realism in it. Then I know to be scared, you know. So yeah, that that to yeah. me makes a big difference. If I know something's real and can get me, I am way more afraid, even of it on. Um, just on film, it scares me more. Yeah. And, and yeah. as we get into the next one here, I'll talk a little bit more about that because I have a, a kind of a story about how something relates to that. And if you're ready to move on to the next one, I'll announce. Oh yeah. Ready okay. To go. With number seven, we're going to go to Friday the Thirteenth. Now, for me, I, I kind of pick apart this franchise. I have favorites in it and ones I don't care for. So, Bobby, I think you were a fan of the first Friday the Thirteenth. Yes. Yes. I watched the first three. Um, but the first one 
was my favorite because I was just entering high school and was at that age um, and went with, um, I mentioned before, being on a track team and going and seeing um, Escape from New York, you know. So oh, yeah. where I played a lot of sports, you know, and, and we were in Cincinnati and we watched um, uh, Escape from New York. Well, the same thing happened to me Friday the 13th, man. We was uh, basketball season, and we was traveling. I think we was in uh, Lexington or Louisville, one of the bigger cities here in Kentucky. And, you know, you got to go up a bunch of your buddies, and that's always a plus. But, you know, the company you go with a lot of time makes the movie, too. And, you know, when you go with a bunch of guys that, you know, you play sports with, and you're all sitting there and just having a big time. And that movie, when it come out, I was, you know, here I was, 15 years old, whatever, and man, that just, that was to me. And I, I like I said, I, I've probably seen more than the first three, but I know for sure I've seen the first three because I just talked to my uncle about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I ran this list by my brother, my son, my uncle. I mean, just have fun with it uh, for the month too. And also because I knew the podcast. But uh, yeah, I was a fan of the first three, especially that first one because, you know, just a little 50 year old sitting there in a theater with some of your basketball buddies and, just acting like you're not scared, but knowing you're sitting over about ready to piss your pants, man. <laughs> so, and, and at the very end, of course, not giving any spoiler alert, when you think it's all fucking said and done, and there's that boat, and there's that, ah, you know, just, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's pretty much, I'm going to let you take over, because you know so much more about the franchise and the movie and stuff. But, yeah, I had to, had to put a Friday the 13th on the list. Uh, I think, again, it's one of those movies uh, whatever one you like, it's one that deserves to be on a on a top ten list of all time horror movies. Yeah. So. Well, for me now, I do I do like the first movie, but for me, part two <clears throat> is the one that really got me. Now, that's what you was telling me. Yeah. Now, when I saw part two, I was eight or nine years old. It was on Showtime or HBO. Uh. Now, I of course had a cousin who has since passed away, but he's a couple years older than me. And there was one thing I was scared of that that still sticks with me. My cousin used to tell me that the Elephant Man was a two-story tall monster that ate little kids. <laughs> now, you'll remember in the movie The Elephant Man, he wore a sack mask over his head and everything. Yeah. And, and so did Jason in Part 2. And so I'm watching Friday the 13th Part 2 as, as a little kid. And uh, there's a scene at the end of the movie where he smashes through the window without his mask on and grabs Jenny. <sighs> and here is everything. So he's facially deformed. He's jumping through a window and grabbing a girl out of her bed. And it just, it stuck with me. And yeah. I, I know part two is often considered like one of the, the worst in the bunch. But to me, because of the, that time of my life, when I saw it and how it ticked off all my fear boxes along the way, that one is the top of my list. See, and that's the way it should be. That's why I say it's who you watch it with. And, and, and also, you know, the one thing that leaves an impact, you know, mm -hmm. that one thing, man, left an impact with you. Oh, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's important, man. And, and to this day, when a picture of the Elephant Man pops up on anything, I still, as a 45-year-old man, jerk my head away just subconsciously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. See, that's, that's good, though. That's yeah. good. So uh, be, beware of your older cousins uh, is also something I would recommend. <laughs> um, the other thing is about Friday the 13th, some killbilly out in the woods knocking people off is not hard to believe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I live in Kentucky, right next to West Virginia. There's fucking people up here doing it all the time. <laughs> yeah. 
That's um that well I was gonna say, and that's why movies like Wrong Turn and those things get placed in Kentucky and West Virginia is because yeah. it's, it's a totally believable thing, you know. Well, you, you must be a mind reader because that's where I was going. Wrong Turn. I was I was actually out in Vancouver uh, of British Columbia, mm-hmm. and I was wa- and I was watching Wrong Turn <laughs> taking place back in West Virginia. And I was I was up there for EA Sports, you know, and I was sitting there going. God damn, I'm glad I'm up here because that shit could actually happen over there yep. in West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are, there are things that people forget. There are spots in this country that are not well mapped out. You could have a little enclave of inbred uh, uh, cannibals somewhere and not necessarily... Not mess- Did you hear something? What the fuck was that? I don't know. <laughs> well, anyways, you can have like a little enclave of cannibals just kind of hanging out somewhere and not even know they're there. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, let's go ahead and move on to, and I'll let you announce this one. We'll go to number six. Yes. Number six also was going to do a um, kind of a series of uh, George Romero movies, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Night of the Living Dead from, what, 1968, and Dawn of the Dead, I think the original from 1978, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think they were uh, about ten years apart, if I yeah. remember right. So, man, those were like the first um Zombie type movies where you know the 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 dead walked. Yeah, I don't you know. Well, and, all all zombies before this were uh, you know Haitian uh, voodoo powder voodoo, zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, this was the first. This this created the genre of the reanimated dead, flesh eating oncoming horde zombies. Yeah. So the Walking Dead and everything since has been based on what Romero did here. Right. Now, I think it's pure genius. Oh, absolutely. Now, the funny thing is, of course, the original Night of the Living Dead, they did not post the proper copyright onto it, so it went, immediately went into the public domain. Oh, you know what? I think I read something about that. Yep. So anybody can package that, resell it, remake it, whatever, and there are no rights concerns. Um, it, the Night of the Living Dead, I mean, they're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> It, it is brilliant. It's also a, a brilliant social commentary by the time you get to the end of it. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, and then, of course, Dawn of the Dead, which is my favorite, because it's the first one I really remember seeing, where they're stuck in the mall. And it, it's right. the whole movie is gripping and, and terrifying to watch. But it's also a, a commentary on capitalism and uh, consumer society. And that is kind of cool. There are more movies in this series. There's Day of the Dead, which I don't care for. Yeah. There, there is one that came out a few years ago that he did that I like quite a bit that was called Diary of the Dead. And it was all shot. So for a shot to be in this movie, there had to be either somebody holding a camera in the film or a security camera capturing it. So it's all shot from that perspective. Okay. And it was a lot of fun. And then I, I watched the last one recently, and it was, again, one I didn't care for. Uh, and it's, I can't even remember the name of it, memory of the dead or something like that. But anyways, Romero created the modern zombie Romero created many of the modern horror tropes. I don't know how you do a top 10 horror list without including some piece of, or all of the Romero legacy, even the, the movies like return of the living dead. Yeah. Were his filming partner who he split the rights with. So one guy went one way with them and did like, horror comedies and then Romero stuck with it and did like uh, social commentary commentary uh, yeah. movies you know and I I think that um, we talked about this when we kind of were we know we're wrestling podcast we're doing movies and we talked about Kevin Sullivan never really mentioned the devil or Satan 
Right. And in and, 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 and the movies, in the Night of the Living Dead, the word zombie was never used in the film. No, it was not. Actually, Living Dead would refer, refer to as ghouls or those yep. things and stuff like that. And that, that, that adds to it, I think, too. Yeah. And then here's something I thought you might find interesting. Interesting by George Romero in 2010. He said, my stories are about humans and how they react and fear to react. And also how they react stupidly. And it just, I'm, point, I'm pointing the finger at us. Not at the zombies. I try to respect and sympathize, sympathize with the zombies as much as possible. And I thought that's pretty cool because sometimes, you know, you just kind of, I know it's going to sound kind of stupid, but you see these things where they got these robots now and it, they kick it over and do you have feeling it's AI, you know, and people are like, oh, they're kicking that robot. I know it's not a zombie or whatever, but you know you, you almost have feelings for the fucking robot to, when he falls down or they kick it. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Yeah, you've I, seen I that? have. Yeah, where they're so, trying to. They're trying to evoke you to have feelings, and, and Romero's kind of kind of getting you to have feelings for the fucking zombies, man. You know, and how we react to them so stupidly. I don't. I don't know, but I'm, I'm with you. How can you not have a top ten and not have any of, if not two or three of, the George Romero movies on there? Yeah. So, yeah, well, and uh, you know, you were talking about how they never say the word zombie. That has yeah. stayed part of the trope as well, because you'll notice, like, in Shaun of the Dead, they even they have a moment in there where somebody starts to call him a zombie, and he goes, don't say the Zed word. Oh, really? And, he, you <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah, and the, and the Walking Dead, you notice they have 10 million names for him, but nobody ever says zombie. Right, yeah, yeah. So I quit watching that series about three or four years ago. You, actually. Uh, you, you did the right thing, Bobby. I'm, I'm trying, I know, man. I'm trying to keep up with this season, and it, it is like masturbating with a cheese grater. It is just, oh, God. yeah, it is just, <laughs> it's just hard. I to had get to, through, man. You know? I had to. I, I read before it came out. I had read several of the graphic novels. I, I think there was like four, four hard copies at the. Uh, community college here, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna read this. I did it one summer. Next thing I know, they're making, you know, the uh, the AMC come out with the the TV series, whatever. And man, I got into it, and I was really liking it. But then a few years back, I was just like, man, I can't do this anymore. It's just, all right, we're here. There, there's something we need over there, and um, there, there are people Walking Dead are in between us. And it's the same thing. I'm like, I fuck it. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, We're two or three episodes into this season, and twice already they've used the breaking floor conveniently to to activate zombies to attack people. Uh, yeah. It's just plot contrivances. I realize you have to use them when you write a story. I, I realize you have to. Yeah. But you know what? Don't use them back to back, and don't make me... Because as soon as I'm aware of a plot contrivance, I'm out of the film. It's just like as soon as yeah. there's as I'm aware of a director getting heavy-handed with a shot, I'm out of the film. You know? Yeah. Um, so. What was the other thing? I was going to say one more thing about Romero, and I missed it. But you know what? We should probably just, just move on. But yeah. I know. Because my mind's on that fucking cheese grater right now. Oh, like, yes. Oh, fuck. Get that out of my mind. <laughs> well, you know what? No, I'll, I'm going to announce the next one, but I'm going to let yep. you talk about it because I actually have a... I have a sore spot with this movie that I want to get to. So why don't okay. you tell us what number, or here, I'll announce it, and then you tell us about it. So number okay. five is The Conjuring. The Conjuring, yes, uh, 2016. And the one of the things about it for me is I'm not scared of a whole lot of things, 
but I'm scared of fucking baby dolls. When I was little, I was scared of fucking baby dolls, man. And uh, for whatever reason, in The Conjuring, and I, I know, like, you can think, like, uh, Amityville Horror and some of these haunted houses and those type things, and, and I'm just tying all these little things together here, but uh, it just seemed like in The Conjuring, I went to see it with my brother and my sons and my niece and my nephew, and we just went as a family, and I sit there, and I was really scared, and 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 I like that. And it's just, you know, what, four years ago or what, two years ago, I guess it was, whatever. So, you know, I'm 50 years old. And, and I really got into it because I wanted to. You know, I went with the mindset, I'm going with my family, and we're going to see a scary film, and I want to be scared. So when things happen in it, um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even know if it's a top ten movie. Um, I, I like to get out. I like that. I, I oh, was trying to out. put something here. Oh, God uh, damn it. I didn't even think of Get Out. That would have been a great well, addition to this list. I, I had it in my top ten originally. I think maybe Tex put it out there, too. But I wanted something the most recent. And I think in our um, when we did our list here, I put The Conjuring in a ring. Because The Ring, I didn't realize. I was thinking 2005. Of course, I said 2002. But um, the uh, the Conjuring was 2016, so just a couple years back, you know. And um, I'm not saying it's the scariest movie. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie. But I liked it because I went with my family. It's one of the last time we went together, like you know, me and my sons, and and my nephew and my niece and my my brother. It was just kind of, and I went there wanting to be scared, you know, wanting to wanting to anticipate the entire. Um, uh, experience of going to a horror movie together if you will and and with haunted houses and and and, and baby dolls and 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 scary things you know i just that's why i wanted it on the list i guess so that's all i'll oh, no. say about it and and i want you to have your your go at it yeah no that absolutely makes sense so i i've got a bit of an issue you know um you and i were i mean we're a little bit apart in age but we came up around the same times amityville horror was one of the biggest scary movies that everybody was talking about when I was a kid, right? Right. And it was based on a true story. Right. Well, so the the people in this movie are playing uh, Ed Warren Miney and uh, Lorraine Warren, the supernatural, preternatural investigators who actually came up with all the evidence about the Amityville horror and certified it and said it was totally real and then the people that lived in the house admitted years later that they made it all up just because they wanted to get out of that deal. They didn't. They didn't want the house after all. So these. This movie is based on the real people who helped to verify the facts that the owners of the house eventually went back and said weren't true. That that alone is enough to take me so far out of the movie that I never bothered to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It, probably unfairly so, because, I mean, it doesn't affect if the movie's any good or not. If I think the people who it's based on are full of shit, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, so, again, probably unfairly, but I didn't watch it because of that reason. Um, yeah. Also, when it comes to horror movies, I'm into slashers more than I am haunting shit. Yeah, yeah. That being said, I just thought of another one that should have been on our list we didn't get. Poltergeist. Yeah, oh yeah. Because of that what, scene. 83, 82, yeah. 83, something like because that. Because of that scene where that fucking clown uh, ventriloquist doll chokes <laughs> that. Oh, it was. Just, every minute of that movie was scary. 
Yeah. So that was our fault for leaving uh, Get Out. Yeah. We could have done a top I, 50, I guess. We could have. Yeah, we could have. And, and really, I thought about that Get Out on there. I, I kicked around Poltergeist with my son earlier because he said it scared him. Uh, of course, he, he would have seen it when he was younger, but it had already been out for 20 years or whatever when he's seen yeah, it. But yeah. the, um, the, like I said, The Conjuring, I, uh, I knew it had something to do with the Amityville. I knew it had something to do with that uh, fucking doll. Mm-hmm. Annabelle or something, and, and I just was kind of putting it out there, like I said, more because that's probably one of the most recent uh, scary family type things I got to do. And so sometimes, you know, uh, I would see Get Out one of my best friends here when it first came out, and and I really liked that. I thought they did a great job with that. So it could have made it. Poltergeist could have made it. There's so many, you know, and, and I know we're gonna piss someone off right now. Um, we didn't have the Omen on here. We didn't have Amityville Horror on here. Um, uh, Rosemary's Baby, you know, oh, yeah. the role. You know, we could have had so many movies on here. So if you're not happy with number five, The Conjuring, you can get mad at me and, and cuss me out at, uh, you know, use the hashtag BBBB. Uh, Texas Wife uh, wanted uh, Cujo on there. So, uh, and Tex wanted to uh, get out on there. So, Text, please uh, keep doing some good graphics for us and uh, and hold your wife back. I don't want her knocking me over the head for frying pan no. or anything like that. And um, and it had nothing to do. Uh, Jeremy was just kind enough to put it on there because I had a little family sentimental value to the movie. Um, and and that, well, that that's that. <laughs> let's let's keep in mind we're going to have to do this again next year, so it's good. Oh to hold, yeah, yeah. It's good to hold back a couple movies too. Right, right. Yeah. So let's go real quickly. Number ten, The Ring. Number nine, Jeremy. Nosferatu. Number eight, Jaws. Number seven, Friday the 13th. Number six, Day of the De- uh, Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead. And number five was The Conjuring, which is going to take us to our top four. And the reason I said that, because these next three out of the next four, I think Jeremy and I could agree, could have been uh Shaking up any way you wanted to give them to you uh, out of these next four. I think the next three could be in any order. Is that correct, Jeremy? Yeah, I, I could. We know what we wanted for number one. We, we we do it in our list, as we explained. We had our number one, but these next three could go either way. Would you not say that? Yeah, you honestly, you could four to one, you could shuffle for me, and I'd be happy okay. pretty much either good. way. Okay, I mean, good. Number one is number one for for a couple reasons. Um, I do feel it's a masterpiece, but we'll we'll get to that when we get there. Yeah. So, yeah. number four was one of the most shocking films ever released. People were like passing out in the theater when it came out. Um, you know, even if you watch it now, there's still stuff in there that that will shock you when you see it for the first time. Number four is The Exorcist. Yes, 1973, man. Yeah. Get that put, uh, get that cross out your pussy, bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, Linda Blair, the head spinning, the fucking uh, bed, the special head shaking up and down, the the throwing up of the uh, you know, I guess the split, split pea soup, soup or whatever that was. Uh, whatever, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you're dealing with the Catholic Church, or dealing with religion, uh, just a whole lot of uh, pretty deep, man. When you get down, when you get down to it. But it's um, it still holds its own, man. Here it is, you know, thirty some what forty years later, it's it still holds strong as a, a great horror film. And if you haven't seen it, and if you have seen, it, you'll still catch stuff in. I watched, I think, two years ago, 
uh, you know, catch little things like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, you might have remembered it, but uh, yeah, I forgot about that. But um, and also um, uh, what Linda Blair, 13, 12, 13 year old girl, whatever, um, that's scary within itself, man, having someone uh, of that age scared the living shit out of you. Yeah, that was the thing. <laughs> you know? Well, they had this young, cute girl saying and doing these things that were just off-putting and disturbing and you know it was it was hard to watch because yeah. even even if you get pulled out of it for a minute you're still like that's that's a child doing that you know yeah. it's it, it yeah. just it layers like your uncomfort your your discomfort and and everything just gets layered in there um right. you know the guys you know max von Sydow played the older priest i can't remember who played the younger one the one who uh, accepted the demon at the end but it's just everything is just terrifying and layered, and the, the 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 special effects were fantastic. The camera work was good. Everything created a dense atmosphere of pure fucking terror to watch that movie. Yeah, I I watched it about four or five years ago. Then I watched it again. I guess it was like I said two years ago, and um, it, it 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 gets me every time, man. Yeah, it, it really does. One thing I was going to say, another movie around that time, I think I'm off by a year or two, maybe two years, someone brought up, and I was surprised they brought this up, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of jumping there because that's not on our list as well, but uh, Exorcist, I know, is not the same as Rocky Horror Picture Show, but I was just thinking my mind sometimes jumps. Do you do you consider that a horror show or not? Could could that make a top ten list or not? I'm just curious. Um, someone brought that up to me, and I'm like, I don't think ass in the same genre. I, I really okay, don't. Okay, so I like that movie. I actually like it quite a bit. Um, oh, I do too. Yeah, I do too. Uh, there are horror elements, but it's really more comedy than it is horror. I mean, there there are some there are some things in there where I could push come to shove. Like if you said like funny horror movies i could definitely figure out a way that that would be on the top five at least you know yeah but yeah. but what i i don't know about you but what i was shooting for with this top 10 is i wanted movies that actually scared the shit out of us yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i wanted to and that's i just was thrown out there uh <clears throat> just because but um the Exorcist, you know, of course, I think the other one was like 1975 but anyway Exorcist of 1973 and it, it was a it was a major blockbuster. That's oh, the yeah. other thing. Well, that when it thing, come out, it just, I, I don't it, know how many records it set, but it there was something about it that, that people, it was, uh, you said it earlier maybe, with just the uh, the the influence of it, you, you, you didn't want to look away, but you but but you wanted to go. And, and no matter, like what you're saying, people got sick, yep. were leaving the theater, stuff like that, but people were still going to it. And anytime you're going to it, you're buying a ticket, so you're driving up the prices, you know, you're driving up the uh, the gross or whatever, whatever a movie gross is, however that works, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. So, um, and uh, it was the first horror movie to be nominated for a Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Yep. So, I was surprised about that, but Again, we don't do a lot of fact-checking, but that is something um, that I do. You know, Jeremy knows so much more about these movies and the background and all that. But, man, if you ever get a chance, if you haven't seen The Exorcist, like I said, I think, I think Brady and I watched it. It's been about four years ago. Then I know like two years ago I watched it. Um, I'm, I, I'm here by myself right now. I probably won't fucking watch that. <laughs> and if I do, it'll be in the damn daytime. But uh, I can't... Uh, 
emphasize enough that if you ever get a chance, they're probably up to the 2018 or maybe a 2019 version, but I have the, uh, the version from 2015. If you ever get a chance, get that book called A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die because it's got some of the greatest, I mean, there's only a few of them that change. You know, they'll add a few, you know, for 2015, 16, 17, or whatever, and they'll they'll do what we did. They'll drop out a couple, maybe like if George Romero or or someone has several in there, they'll drop out one of theirs and kind of lump it together so you still get more than 1,001 movies. But, man, you just get some, so many behind-the-scenes facts and things. And I'm a reader. I know Jeremy's a reader. I know a lot of people, you know, you just get on the Internet and check something. But I like having a book in my hand and reading it and, that's something you can pick up at anywhere um, and pick up on page 1,000 and say, oh, yeah, I'm in 1978, or I could pick up on page 35 and I'm back in 1922 or whatever, and you just read about a certain movie, and then you can also, you got a list, just go back there and check out all the horror movies you want to see because uh, there's probably 50 horror movies. But, again, we're just doing our top ten, and so number four was The Exorcist, with Linda Blair and the uh, uh, split pea soup head spinning, uh, jamming across in your pussy movie of the bed vibrating. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it scares it's, you. <laughs> oh, it, it's terrifying. Look, and I'm an atheist, and that movie still gets me by the by the gonads every time I see it, because it's just, like, so authentic in a way, so, so believable that something that fantastic could happen, and it yeah. sells you 100%, you know? Yeah, it's just, well, I was sold on it, you know. Yeah. Well, before we get into the top three, I'm going to remind everybody that Bobby's got a couple books out there, and if you haven't read them yet, what's keeping you? You can get to them easily by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 to get Pimmy Pimmy, or you can go to tinyurl.com slash blazebook2 to get I Kicked It Onto the Education of a Wrestler, and that is our sponsor for the top three spots on this list. Yes. And you know what? Use those links and get the books. Um, if you are read it, if you got a family member that's a wrestling fan, order it for them. Um, Jeremy gets a little kickback out of it. I'll get a little kickback out of it. No one's trying to get rich off of it, but it does help sponsor the program. We have a GoFundMe, the Bell to Bell GoFundMe that has the uh, co-host uh, fees. If you can just Donate $5, man. Donate $20. Um, I'm about out of T-shirts. I do have books, though. But if you anything over $15 or $20, I'll mail you a book or a T-shirt or both if I can. Um, you know, it, it's worth it just to help the show move along. Um, and also, if you know someone out there like to sponsor our show, um, I'm not saying I'll tone down any F-bombs or anything, but... Uh, I might not say fuck as much if you uh, donate a little bit. <laughs> then again, I may say fuck more. Depends on who, uh, you know, if it's Vivid Video that's going to do our sponsoring, I may say fuck a bunch. I don't know. Uh, who knows? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> but, no, everything does help, even if it is $5 to the GoFundMe, or if you do purchase my book, and I'd appreciate it very much. And just like the program itself, uh you know, leave a, leave a review. That helps authors, independent authors, write a review for them. Let them know if you like their books. Maybe it encourage them to keep writing. Or in my case, it may say, oh, fuck, I better not ever write another book again in my life, which is not a lie because I'm going to still keep on writing, and I hopefully people will keep on reading. 
Yeah, and that's and, the thing, uh, Bobby. Always keep in mind, writers write. It's what they do. That's right, man. That's right. Well, let's move on to number three, and that is from 1979, Phantasm. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen this one in a while. And I think it's because it is so fucking creepy that it is actually sometimes a hard watch. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, now, I know this is one of your favorites, so why don't you uh, go ahead and explain it to us a little bit. Well, it's, it's one of my favorites because when I was fearless <laughs> at 15, <laughs> I was watching in a dark basement. It was one of the ones that came on uh, back in the day on like HBO uh, Showtime, something like that, and my best friend, um, he was the only child, so I got to always go to his house, because we had a big-ass fucking family, and hell, we stole cable from the neighbors, I think, you know, uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, where he was the only child, they, they had cable, and they had HBO, and, and all that, and, man, we he, he had this cold basement, it was dark, it was like half-finished, it was just just this great setup to watch movies and ball games. And it was a man cave for boys. You know what I'm saying? It was just before, before back in the day. And this movie come on and we had no fucking clue what it was. And I don't even know if I could pronounce it, you know, phantasm back in like, you know, I'm doing phonics, trying to sound it out, whatever the fuck it is, you know, but it came on late one night, man. And we sat there and watched that. And he's a couple years older than me. And we, I, well, he, him too. We got scared. That movie scared me, man. When I saw the tall man, that there's something creepy and freaky about this guy the tall man. That's just what he goes by. I'm sure he's got a name. I, but anyway, he's in the movie. And then, of course, you're in the cemetery. You're in mortuaries. There's a, a, a graveyards. There's a, I know I'm being redundant, but a hearse. That's why I was going to say in coffins and everything related. And when this fucking tall man picks up his coffin, I, I was telling Jeremy off air, he's either picking up the coffin and putting it into a hearse or picking it up and taking it out of the hearse. Nonetheless, you know how big and strong or how big a fucking coffin is. And this guy's not some big muscle-headed guy. He's just this big, strong-looking, scary guy in a suit that just that's just that you know underneath of that's just nothing but pure muscle of, of scariness, wired and, and uh, uh, veiny. I don't know, just a creep probably. Yeah. But he has this look about him that just scares the living shit out of me. And when I saw him pick it up, that coffin, I thought, I believed it. You know, I believed, oh, God, a coffin's fucking heavy. And that man could pick it up. I'm impressionable, you know, at that age. And I'm like, he could pick up a fucking coffin by himself and put it on his back and just lug it up there. And that, that to me, just scared the shit out of me. And then they got these... I don't think I'm giving anything away. They got these flying fucking things with uh, razors. That oh, just, the balls, like, yeah. The balls, the, the balls of death, I guess you'd call them. They're like you. They unlike when you used to see uh, things that you know you're running or something shot at you. You duck around a corner and it hits the wall and you just miss you. These motherfuckers turned corners and was still chasing you. If you went down, they went down. If you went up, they went up. They was fucking balls of death and they had these little razors spinning around and if they got you, this is fucking, you know, fingers gone, heads gone, whatever. That movie to me, 
I, I haven't seen it for a few years. I want to say probably at least five or six years myself. I, I couldn't tell you last time I watched it. That movie just creeps me out. And I know there's more than one of them, you know, out there now. But the original Phantasm that come out like when I was 15 years old, that's probably one of my all-time favorite scary movies, just because of the tall man. He just creeps me out. That's just not someone. You know what? If they'd ever booked me to wrestle the fucking tall man, I don't believe I'd have fucking showed up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you and you wrestled Scott Steiner, so that's that's something. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> but that's my rant on the fucking on Phantasm, man. That's that that was one of my favorites. Yeah, Phantasm. It was surreal. It was creepy. It definitely hinted at parallel universes or alternate universes or other dimensions. Uh, the dwarves were fucking freaky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Um, <laughs> you know, because they're, they're swiping corpses and, and doing things to them. And it's just, it's kind of that, like, when you're dead, there shouldn't be anything left to fear, right? Except right. there is, because there's shit like this, you know? And you, you can have your corpse taken and turned into a casket carrying midget <laughs> working in the mine somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's man. move on to number two yes. here. And um, this is a, a favorite of mine. Uh, this is one that could easily been number one for me. And yeah. uh, Bobby, why don't you tell us what it is? It's Halloween from 1978, and I agree it could have been my number one, two, or three. It's it's that fucking great, and of course it's hot right now because of the movie that's just been released, Halloween the movie, but we're talking about the original Jamie Lee Curtis, 1978 Halloween, man. What a fucking... The introduction of uh, Michael Myers and, and uh, just the whole... Man, I'm going to let you talk about it because you know so much more about it. I just know what... When that came out, once again, I'm about 15 years old. Uh, went to that one with a, a girlfriend, you know, probably not the smartest thing to do, but, you know, your first, you know, you get to school in junior high and you got two or three girls going with two or three boys. And, you know, I'll sit by this girl and you sit by that girl and you sit by this guy. And we watched that, and, and I guarantee it, us boys were more scared than them girls were, man. It was just uh, uh Hell of a good movie, man. Hell yeah. of a good movie. Well, and one of the <clears throat> one of the amazing things about Halloween, I mean, it was one of the earliest slasher films. Yes. Um, it kind of set up the tropes, you know, between it and Texas Chainsaw Massacre is really where you see the final girl become a thing that, that would definitely be used from that point on out. Halloween is one of those movies that's remembered being far more brutal and bloody than it actually was. Most of Halloween is suspenseful and not horrific. And it's masterfully done, especially when you consider it was shot on a $325,000 budget, 25000 of which went to Donald Pleasance for playing Dr. Loomis. And you know, back then, film, you know that took at least $100,000 filming cameras. So it was shot on a shoestring budget and was one of the most effective scary movies I have ever seen. As a child, as a grown man, I can still watch it now and appreciate it. Is that you creaking that door, or is that something else? I don't know nothing. Okay. <laughs> this is kind of fucking... You know, it's like full of bones and chicken feathers and shit in here, and it's kind of weirding me out a little bit. Uh, but anyways, right. Halloween was a super effective suspense movie. Uh, Carpenter was shooting for a movie more in line with a Hitchcock film than some blood-filled slasher at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's the thing. 
like don't don't show the monster in, in Jaws and, and Hitchcock, you know, don't show this, don't show that. And that's what they did in Halloween. It's just one of those things that that suspensefulness, man, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's out there, you know, he's out there, man. And, um, it, and the music, uh, man. Oh yeah. Uh, just, it's, it's just creepy. And, um, I love that movie. I really do. It's fantastic. John Carpenter, and I can't remember the other guy's name, they scored the entire movie in three days. Wow. They came up with that little, <laughs> you know, that little beat on the piano. Everything was done in three days. And it's still probably one of the most effective horror movie uh, soundtracks ever. Uh, I guarantee it. I guarantee it, man. You hear that, you know what you know what time it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's babysitter killing time. Yeah. Uh, what I did like was recently John Carpenter, they were talking about how the um, part of the final girl trope is that, you know, if you have sex in one of these movies, you die. And obviously that was part <laughs> part of what was happening in this film. And what Carpenter said was actually we were kind of going the other way about it. He was he was like, Laurie gets through because she wasn't not because she doesn't have sex, but it's because she wasn't having sex at the time. And therefore her mind was present on what she was doing. Everybody else was just kids being kids, and that's how they got caught. It wasn't because they were having sex. It's because they, oh, weren't, okay. pre- they weren't present in the moment when it would have saved their ass. Because Michael sneaks the fuck in and gets you. You know? That was it. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm glad you smarted me up about that. Because, see, I was under that, that whole thing of, oh, if you're having sex, you can get killed kind of thing. Yep, man. But that's just because you weren't in the presence of mind, yep. not so much because you were having the sex. Exactly. Okay, uh, okay. We did go see the new Halloween last Friday. Okay. I've heard, I've heard. Uh, I mean, it's making a shit ball of money. I've yep. heard some people saying some negative things about it. I disagree. I love this movie. I thought it was excellent. I enjoyed the shit out of it. You know, there are a couple things that fell down. Well, you know what? If you don't like that, go write your own fucking movie that doesn't make any mistakes, and then we'll critique that. Yeah. yeah. I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. My friend went to see it. My son went to see it. I got invited. As you know, I don't drive at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I have, I have been ignoring and avoiding driving at night, and I got invited, and I knew also that by the time that movie started, I was going to probably have me a few drinks in me, and I definitely wasn't going to drive down there then. And I didn't want to ride with anyone. So I said, you know what? You all go and have a good time. But I will probably go and see that movie in the daytime by myself, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I've heard nothing but good things about it. I heard a local DJ uh, really, really putting it over. Um, so I'm going to go see it. Now, you're telling me about it. you know. So I want I want to go see it. My son come home stoked about it. Yeah. And he, he just, you know, he's young and he's like, oh. And he even put over Jamie Lee Curtis that she still looked good and, I'm like, well, all right, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that for a dollar, you know. Well, you know, what's funny, about, uh, so. what's funny about Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis has always been in shape. Like, she has a body oh, yeah. and been steel bars on. But what's funny about Jamie Lee Curtis is she actually, she's one of those women who, as she aged, she went from kind of an awkward-looking, you know, uh, young young adult to, to, you know, early 20s. Yeah. And then as she got into her 30s and 40s, she became beautiful. And, oh yeah, you know it's just she's one of those faces that as she aged, she just looked better and better, you know. So, yeah. and she, Bobby, she is a tough motherfucker in this movie too. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see it. I'm, I'm not going to sit and bullshit. Oh yeah, I saw it. No, I am going to go see it. Um, I had a chance, I didn't, uh, but I'll have other chances to go and see it. I just know my priorities. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's so you know. Yeah, um, see, I, I had it worked out. I wanted to see it in the theater before it got spoiled. Um, right. And I was going to go see it in the morning by myself, 
But then I called my wife at work and I said, hey, there's two tickets in a real shitty spot at 5.45 p.m. I can get them right now if we do it. So she said yes, so I ended up buying those and going with her because she's, she's not a horror fan. So um, she just recently figured out that I prefer slasher movies to quote-unquote horror movies. So she doesn't nice. watch a lot of these films with me. When she heard about what this was and how how they were setting it up, she wanted to go see it. So I was like, I'm not passing this up, you know. Cool. Yeah, and then we got home and watched the original Halloween again so I could pick out references. Right on, man. See, that's good. That's good, Jeremy. That was a lot that's of fun. That's good, man. All right. All right. Well, with that said, should we go to number one? Because I think we've hinted at it probably enough. Oh, probably. Uh, you know, we're talking about a bunch of fucking uh, cannibalistic psychopaths out in Texas from 1974. What is it, Jeremy? It is the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. Yeah, right on, man. Leather face and all. Wow. This well, brother, sister, and some friends. Is that what it is? Siblings and some friends? Yep. Get lost? Yep. Well, they're going. What, there's been um, grave robberies. And they're going to check on their old family property and some family graves. And okay. they get out there and they're poking around and then shit just goes nuts on them. <laughs> Man. Well, it's been a while since I've seen that movie and I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. I just know when when it first came out, I think I mentioned it the first of the month uh, of, of this podcasting month, is one of those movies my... Uh, my mom had recently got remarried in 1973, and we went to see this movie as a family the following year. Uh, and I made reference to being in the back of a fucking station wagon or something, but but it was in the back of a pickup truck. It was me and my brother and our newly acquired uh, stepbrothers and stepsister with our new stepdad, who, be, who at that time eventually became my real daddy. My was my was some my dad. That they, they packed us into this pickup, and back then you didn't need fucking seat belts, and you didn't need kids could ride off the fucking uh, aluminum siding racks if we wanted to. You know, <laughs> he's doing 60 miles an hour smoking a cigarette, drinking a fucking beer, and swerving, and who knows what, man. But we got to the fucking drive in theater, and uh, we got to see this movie with uh, the legend of uh, what was it, B- B- Bogey Creek or something that I made mention to. Yeah. They played them as a. a Probably with a uh, a triple th- feature, maybe Cindy or some kind of shit like that, and then Legend of uh, Bogey Creek, and then it was fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and uh, fucking you hooked that little speaker up, man, and we all went, and I think me and and only one other you know stepbrother probably was old enough to stay awake to, through the whole thing, but man. It just just that whole experience, once again, one of those things you experience as a young kid, you know, like, uh, you, you don't know 30, 40 years later, you know, that thing still holds, man, that fucking, of course, there have been remakes and this and that and all that, but man, that fucking movie, and what, one ch- one person gets chainsawed, is that what you told yeah, me? one, one See, person gets if you gets hadn't told me that last week, I think it was, I'd have told you fucking 100 people get chainsawed, because I'm sure I went to school uh, back in the day, uh, I, I went and saw this movie over the weekend, and two or three of your classmates, you probably saw them there too, but a thousand fucking people got butchered by a fucking chainsaw, by a guy wearing a leather face. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things that just, it's just, it, it, it's the, in the annals of history, man, it's the yep. probably the greatest, the 
we could have interchanged, like you said, our top three or four here. But uh, of all of them, we put this one at number one for a particular reason. That's because it probably has the most uh, uh, references, if you will, uh, still over today. Um, it's just it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's Leatherface. What, what more can I say? I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had seen this movie a couple of times when I was younger, and I finally bought a copy of it, I think, in my mid, mid-20s to early 30s. I don't remember where. Okay. And I remember it was at that point when I was watching, I'm like, there's hardly any blood in this movie. <laughs> you know, and then... But like, your mind oh, was a shitload of it, Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I remember when I was younger, like a teenager, and people would talk <laughs> about watching them, just thinking, oh, fuck, I might throw up if we watch that. It's just so graphic. <laughs> and it's not, but there's there are tricks they do. Like, there are people who will tell you that, that when they hang that girl on that meat hook, you see it go through her. Yeah. You, you don't. That's not how they shoot it. <laughs> You know, Bobby, there are people who will tell you, you wrestled Ric Flair like 15 times, right? Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, the memory, yes. the memory is a funny thing, you know. Yes. You remember seeing just this horrifying graphic violence and all of it was almost all off camera. Yeah. When they hang yeah. that girl on that meat hook, they actually move the camera off of her and then come back to her being on the meat hook. But you Same. don't actually see a special effects shot where they do that. See, in my mind, that's the thing. Thousand people fucking cut up, yep. butchered, body limbs, people falling over fucking sticks and getting caught and meat hooks and uh, deep freezers and, and everything, man. But it's it's that's the whole thing. It's that the whole suspense of your, 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 what is your suspension of belief, man. Uh, and you want to believe it. And like you said, when you saw it when you was young, all the fucking blood and gore that people might throw up. And then when you bought it, like you said, in your 20s or 30s, like, oh, what, what? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> now, and I wouldn't even have known until last week, honestly. It, you said one person. And yeah. I'm like, oh, man. So in my head, like 10 people got fucking butchered in that thing. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. For what it's worth, man, I hope the people that listen to the Bob, the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast and they listen to the Geekest cast and they listen to Jeremy and Bobby, just two guys, just get together and try to have a good time. I hope everyone has enjoyed this list, Jeremy. I know I know, we could have put a bunch more movies on this list. We could have went into great more detail. People can fact check. But we just kind of had a good time with our memories, man, of, of 10 of our favorite scariest horror movies of all times. Yep. Well, and Bobby, that's probably a good point to wrap up because it looks like yep. that, uh, that tow truck you called is here. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to give us the countdown again one more time, and then we'll get out of yeah, here? Yeah, let's do that, man. Let's do this. Okay. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're here, folks. Please tell a friend. Uh, tell them about the Bell to Bell Bobby Blaze podcast with the Geekish Cast Jeremy Vilmer uh, as my co-host and partner. We're going to do our top ten. It's episode 23 from the Texas Farmhouse, number 10, Farmhouse, Farmhouse there, a little, okay, anyway, number 10 was The Ring, number 9, Nosfer, <laughs> say it, Jeremy, Nosferatu, Nosferatu, number 8, Jaws, number 7, Friday the 13th, any of those from that series, uh, number 6, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, any of the George Romero of that series, Number five, The Conjuring. Forgive me on that. Blame me. You can put in whatever you want there for number five. We had uh, 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 several other mentions at number five. Number four, The Exorcist. 
Number three, Phantasm in a Tall Man. Number two, Halloween from 1978. And if you haven't seen it like me, go see the new Halloween movie because I'm going to and Jeremy has convinced me to. And number one, all time from 1974, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So there's our list, Jeremy. That's an awesome. Bobby, when did you call that tow truck? <laughs> uh, days ago. Okay, good. Because I'm getting a little concerned because there's a whole bunch of people around our car now. Oh, shit. Um, all right. Well, you know what? Uh, for, for Bobby Blaze and myself, uh, Jeremy, Bobby, run. Get the fuck out. Run. for listening to Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You can keep up with the show by following the show account on Twitter at Bell to Bell Blaze. Follow Bobby at Bobby Blaze 744 and Jeremy at the Geekish Cast on Twitter as well. You can purchase Bobby's first book, Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots, Will Travel at tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 and Bobby's second book, I Kicked Out on Two, The Education of a Wrestler at tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. You can donate to the show's GoFundMe to help with podcast expenses at GoFundMe.com slash bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. Make sure to include hyphens between every word in bell-to-bell podcast hosting fees. If you download the show on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate the show five stars and leave a positive review. Join the conversation on the show Facebook group to stay up to date with bell-to-bell fans just like you. Thanks again for listening, everyone.